Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 14, Trail of Tears Did you know Appalachia used to be attached to the African continent? Katie looked up from the book she was reading. Sam had been throwing out trivia information all morning. All three girls were in the county library. They were trying to look up anything that would give them information on Native American folklore and legends. So far, they had found out the Appalachians were the oldest mountains in the world. They somehow have a sister forest somewhere in China. Large mammals like the mammoth and saber-toothed tiger roam freely, but there was absolutely no legends on animal spirit turning people into animals. Frustrated, Katie threw the book she was reading onto the table. We're wasting our time, she muttered. Sam flopped down on a chair next to Katie. Do you know what I don't understand? She didn't wait for the others to comment. The tiger turned this running deer into a tiger when the first white man appeared. How come it didn't show up when the white man came again? Katie leaned away from Sam to get a better look at her. What do you mean? How come the great white tiger didn't show up when the trail of tears was happening? I mean, as far as a great evil... Sam put her two fingers together doing the quote sign. That would have been the top of my list. Maybe the tiger did. We just don't know about it. Katie glanced around the room and spotted Lizzie and motioned for her to come over. To tell you the truth, I really don't know all that much about the Trail of Tears. Katie swung her head back and forth between her two shocked faces of her friends. Okay, I know the white man stole the land and forced the tribes to move a thousand miles to Oklahoma. Katie shrugged. The details are kind of sketchy. Lizzie leaned back against a low bookshelf, resting her elbows behind her. My grandma Elizabeth used to talk about it all the time. Katie turned to Lizzie, interested. What did she say? President Andrew Jackson worked hard to pass the Indian Removal Act that forced all natives off their lands. She said most of the country was actually against the law, but the government in Washington decided they knew better than the people they represented. The Creek and Choctaw tribes were the first to leave. The Cherokee decided to fight the law in court. It took a couple of tries, but the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Cherokee, saying the Cherokee Nation was actually a sovereign nation. The Removal Act didn't affect them. Katie frowned. In that case, how were they forced to leave? Lizzie pushed up from the bookshelf and sat down next to Katie. The Cherokee had a representative government, a lot like the U.S. government at the time. There were ranchers and farmers, and they built roads and schools. They even dressed like their white counterparts. The principal chief of the Cherokee was a guy named Ross. Lizzie paused for a moment. I think his first name was John, she shrugged. Yeah, John Ross sounds right. Anyway. 
He fought really hard against the white encroachment on Indian lands, and he did it really smart. Like I said before, he took the case through the U.S. court system. Rumors started raging throughout the United States that gold was found in the mountains, owned by the Cherokee Nation. The white people were really desperate to take the land. A small majority of about 500 Cherokee thought it would be best to leave the land to the white man. One man, by the name of Ridge, was a representative of the Cherokee government. He took the idea to the tribal council, and it was swiftly voted down. Lizzie locked her hands together on the table as she leaned towards Katie and Sam. Ridge actually ignored the tribal council and negotiated a treaty. He sold all the Cherokee land for $20 million, which was about 5% of what the land was actually worth at the time. He then took himself, his friends and family, and moved to Oklahoma in style. No way, Katie exploded. Hush, came a strong whisper from the librarian. Katie gave the librarian an apologetic smile. Sorry. When Katie turned back towards her, she continued in a softer voice. It would be like a senator of Arizona selling the whole state of Arizona to Mexico without the approval of anyone else in the government. Ridge didn't have the authority to broker a treaty, let alone sign it. Just like that, Lizzie said, snapping her fingers. All the land the Cherokee owned no longer belonged to them. Weren't there people who could see it wasn't right? Sam asked. There were a lot of people who were totally against it and knew the treaty was bogus. People like Henry Clay and Davy Crockett fought like crazy in the Senate. The treaty was ratified by the majority of only one vote. Katie pushed up from the table, anger and frustration rolling up inside of her. So in reality, the Cherokee people were betrayed by one of their own. Lizzie nodded. That is what always made Grandma Elizabeth so angry. Weren't there about 4,000 Cherokee who died in the march? Sam asked. Lizzie nodded in agreement. The first ones who were forced to leave were gathered up and taken in rat-infested holding pens. The worst ones were in Chattanooga. There wasn't much thought given to how they were going to be fed, either. They were dying like crazy. Chief Ross negotiated a deal with the U.S. General. He started moving people in smaller groups, where they could forage for food as they went. He was credited for saving a lot of lives. If my family had to go through that, I would have hunted Ridge down, Katie said in a quiet, angry voice, forgetting once again she was in the library. The resulting hushed whisper had her again apologizing to the librarian. I believe that was exactly what happened, Lizzie agreed, her voice remaining soft. Chief Ross took care of the traitor real quick, right after his arrival in Oklahoma. Maybe the Great White Tiger is only there to help the sugaree, Sam said referring to the original topic. No, Katie shook her head. The sugary died out when the first white man came. Running Deer then joined and was numbered among the Cherokee. If you think about it, we only have a small fraction of sugary left in us. We're more Cherokee than sugary. I always thought it was strange that Grandma Elizabeth always stressed about the sugary lineage when the Cherokee is most dominant. My mom's into genealogy. Sam said quietly. What I have learned from her is 
Genealogy is usually messy. She paused, noticing the questioning look on her friend's faces, so she explained, What I mean is, it's not all cut and dried. People meet, maybe they marry, maybe they don't. Babies were born out of wedlock all the time. Who the daddy was? Sometimes only the mother knew. I thought people in the olden days didn't do that sort of thing, Katie muttered. Sex has been around longer than us, Sam said dryly. I know that, Katie said, her cheeks starting to burn. It's just adults keep saying how things are much worse now than when they were young. It doesn't mean it was non-existent. Look at King David, for example. I don't remember a King David, Lizzie inserted. I'm pretty sure we didn't have a King David. Sam gave each girl an exasperated look. King David? From the Bible? Lizzie and Katie gave Sam a blank stare. You know David, who killed the giant Goliath? Sam tried explaining. Oh, wasn't he just a poor shepherd? Oh, for crying out loud. Now it was Sam's turn to apologize to the irate librarian. Turning back to her friend, she whispered, David, later became King David? He had over 600 wives. Instead of being happy with his wives, he still wanted his neighbor's wife. Sounds like a perv. Yep, Katie agreed. Definitely a pervert. Sam shook her head in frustration. She obviously decided to change the subject. It looks to me like old Elizabeth Hawk was a huge source of information, yet she lived with us our whole lives. We didn't know we needed her until she was gone. I started having the dreams and getting hot flashes as soon as old Elizabeth had the stroke. Do you think it's all connected? I think we shouldn't rule it out until we know for sure. Sam got up and started pacing the small area around the table. I think we need to talk to our mothers again and try and get more information about the ceremony we missed. Katie and Lizzie gave each other a knowing look. It was no use saying no to Sam or we already tried. Sam was going to keep insisting until they did exactly what she said. Sam stopped in front of Katie. If that doesn't work, I don't see any other option than to tell your mom you turn into a wolf. What? The thought was mortifying to Katie. Sam ignored her. I know she'll come up with all kinds of information then. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pawn, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.